This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. This week we have five of us on a call. We have essentially a starting basketball lineup. We have our point guard, Brandon Vogel. Say hello. I should have said this before, but say hello as I hello. introduce you. Hello. Great start. Great start. We have our sharpshooting off guard, Jacob Badilla. Hello. And you tried to get out of this too. I'm glad that Brandon <laughs> said that you couldn't get out of it. We have our LeBron-esque small forward and Greg Smith. Uh, hi, I will take that. I guess that makes me power forward. Hello. And that makes uh, Aaron Sorensen, our ghost in the post, our dominant center. Hello. We are all here uh, because the Solid Verbal podcast does a thing that is very entertaining every offseason. They do a fantasy things draft. We're going to do something similar this week. I can't speak for you guys, but I'm I'm kind of worn out on the the hypothetical talk and talk of planning for contingency scenarios, you know, A through Z. I'm kind of worn out on that, and I kind of don't want to talk about that. So for the purposes of this next 30 minutes, 45, however long it takes us, football is happening. The manner in which it is happening is not really of consequence right now, I don't think. Um, we're going to do a fantasy things draft where we're going to go through and we're going to talk about oddities related to the Huskers. We're going to draft storylines that we think are going to be popular this offseason, into the preseason, into the actual season itself. So this could be anything from a talking point for Scott Frost or something that you regularly see on a, on a game day on Saturday. So that's the premise. We did a, I, I randomized the draft order before this. We're going to do a snake draft. Greg Smith won the draft. Congratulations to Greg. Jacob is going to pick second. Aaron, you're going to pick third. I have the fourth pick. Brandon has the final pick. I'm sorry. It was random. Blame Greg because he won. Before we do that, though, and since we have Jacob here, Jacob, I want to ask you for your thoughts on like a breaking news thing that sort of is, is unfolding right now as we podcast. So kid in California, Jalen Green, high school basketball prospect. He's the number one prospect in the 2020, uh, the 2020 class. He's also a potential number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. So he announced today, as a, as of recording, we're recording this on a Thursday, that he was going to skip college, but also not go overseas. So like a year ago, LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton both decided to skip college, but they went overseas to go play in the National Basketball League in Australia, which is a lucrative league. It's a, it's a big deal kind of league, not 
to the levels of the NBA, but it's a league that was attractive to people who don't want to go sit in college for a year. So Jalen Green decided that he's going to use the NBA's kind of reshaped professional pathway program in the G League to go through G League basketball for a year and then go to the NBA draft. It's kind of a way for people to, I mean, for lack of a better word, circumvent the one and done rule. He's going to get paid $500,000. Um, it's a it's a pretty good deal. You were just on a call with Fred Hoiberg. Did he mention anything about about this particular situation and how this could impact recruiting going forward? Did he mention anything about the one and done rule? Was this brought up at all? I, I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. Yeah, Hoiberg didn't talk about it. Nobody brought it up. I, um, unfortunately, Nebraska wasn't in the mix for Jalen Green, so um, wasn't really relevant to him, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting, and it's definitely a, a test case worth following and kind of looking as more details are coming out. It's something more like the NBA itself and the G League and everything is kind of working towards building, like creating this this pathway. It's not just a kid that, oh, he's going to go off to the, the G League and kind of have to fend for himself. They're actually putting in place a program where he's going to get a really lucrative package um, $500,000 is going to be the salary. He's going to have a, uh, um, a scholarship to go to college whenever he wants. So they're going to set aside 125,000, uh, for him to use towards getting his degree whenever he chooses to do that. Um, I think this, it's not going to be the case for every player, but this is kind of a high profile kid and they're trying to use him as an example where they can lure some of the top players in every year. Um, Last year, we saw uh, your OKC guy, Darius Basley. He uh, originally planned to play in the, the G League instead of going to college, but then uh, kind of pulled out and ended up signing a deal with a, a shoe company or whatever to, uh, to take like a year-long internship, work on his game, and, and still get paid without actually having to go to school or play in the G League and kind of risk exposing himself. So um, it'll definitely be interesting to follow how he does in the league, kind of how he's treated on that team. It seems like they're, again, creating a situation for him to succeed in, whereas a kid just kind of picking the G League instead, ending up on a random team and having to compete with grown men um, might have a tougher time. Basley did the uh, internship with, was it New Balance? I, I believe so, yes. Yeah. it's It's interesting all of the ways that kids are finding to kind of skip college and i'm kind of actually surprised that hoiberg didn't talk about it at all i mean i know he's not recruiting you know top five kids in the country but um that's interesting uh he did talk about a lot else though so jacob Adilla will have um i'm a, a handful of stories right on on what he said that's the plan yep uh throughout the weekend on hillvarsity.com so watch out for that um now we're gonna get to the draft like i said greg smith has the first pick greg what is your first pick? The number one pick in the 2020 fantasy Husker Things draft. So I, I feel like when, whenever I see the number one pick in any you know league draft, I feel like you want to go um, for star potential, but you also want to go safe. I'm going to go safe here and go with the quarterback battle um, to whatever degree you think it's going to be a, a battle. Um, I, I think that we'll still be talking about that as we move along here and get closer to the season. Um, it, it will be given no spring. It will be interesting where we kind of are 
Um, with that battle and what even you're going to be like, where do they start from? What's the starting point, especially considering now eventually when it comes back and they start practicing, Adrian Martinez should be fully healthy, which he was not when they first started um, spring practice. So does that play to his advantage in the long term? Um, also, do you have Luke McCaffrey uh, being able to get a fair shake going against Adrian Martinez? Should we have even really been pumping up a quarterback battle to begin with? I feel like Frost and Verduzco and Matt Lubick would be asked about this ad nauseum. I feel like it'll be a huge topic either way, no matter what, um, in particular, because it's just quarterback. Is, is, is your pick, just for clarification, is your pick, are you thinking that quarterback talk is going to continue into the season? No, not into the season. You said off season too, so I'm, I'm cutting it at the okay. season. No, I think that once we get to the season, it'll be over. That won't be a, a discussion unless I can throw the asterisks on there. And unless whoever the starter is, Adrian Martinez, goes out there and struggles, um, then of course it'll pop back up. I think if 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 the quarterback doesn't play well, it, it does bleed into the into the season because it becomes a thing of, oh, Nebraska wasn't able to have a quarterback battle. Hence, here we are. Yeah, and I think that's why if you were drafting smart, you would have uh, just included the kind of talk into the season because it, it kind of increases your upside for this pick. Because even if um, it ends up not being a battle at all, people will complain about that, I'm sure. If Adrian doesn't come out and play like a Heisman Trophy front runner like all season long, you're going to still have the people saying, oh, um, McCaffrey should be the starter. He didn't get a fair shake, um, which I, I don't think the competition will be that fierce. I just don't know that Luke's ready to compete head to head with Adrian in terms of running an entire offense and making all the throws and all that kind of stuff. But it'll definitely be a talking point. It, I mean, every program, unless you've got, but like, even a guy like Justin Herbert, talk about him all season long. Um, about kind of is underperforming at times, like how how good is he really, all that kind of stuff. So I think quarter, uh, quarterback talk is always something that's going to exist in football. We're one pick in, and we already have shots flying. I, I appreciate that. I like that very much. Jacob, <laughs> you have the number two pick. Yes. And I am going to go a bit broader here and just say tall people. Tall people is my pick there is going to be a lot of discussion about tall people all throughout the off season and into the year. So in this, we're including, we've got the, I think people like Omar Manning and Xavier Betts and Travis Vokalek and Chris Hickman. Those are some of the guys that are going to be talked about the most, um, it, whether it's and position you battles. Him, you pick that because of Austin Allen. Uh, well, I, yeah. How does Austin <laughs> Allen kind of fit in with, Jack Stoll and Travis Vokalek with those guys all kind of battling for positions. So you've got that. So you've got pass catchers. I think that's kind of the most, outside of Wandale Robinson, the most interesting um, kind of topic about the offense this year is just kind of how all those newcomers um, fit into the offense and can they change things from where it was last year. And they all happen to be like six, four or taller. And then also you- that, in- go ahead. How did you not immediately reference Austin Allen? How did you, how did Austin Allen get left out of your your list of tall people that you initially named? Because I, uh, he's not kind of the new shiny toy. That's kind of what I'm pointing to here. Is that also goes for the offensive line with Bryce Benhart, and he's the tallest of the tall people we've got here. 
and people are going to really be wanting him to win that starting right tackle job, in which case you push another tall person over to left guard and Matt Farniak. So I, I think that's kind of, there's a lot, whether redshirt or true freshman or Juco guy like Manning, you got a lot of tall people that are trying to crack the lineup and that fans are excited to see. Okay, no one has thoughts. Aaron, number three belongs to you. What is your first round pick? I'm just going to take hype in general, just hype. And the reason why is because there's either going to be too much of it, not enough of it. People who, regardless, we took this off the table before. We are drafting under the assumption that a season is going to happen. But regardless, there will still have been plenty of things that, you know, there wasn't a spring football. There may not be normal summer conditioning. All of that stuff will still be true no matter what the season looks like. Um, so even assuming that's true, there are people who are going to say the hype was perfect this year because the media couldn't overhype it because there wasn't anything to overhype. But then there's going to be people who are saying it is too hyped. So I'm just going to take hype in general because that is something that will just never die. Hype will exist in some way. Even if football dies, the hype will live on. What a sneaky good pick of hype. I like hype as a pick. I was going to say that was kind of something I was thinking about, but I was trying to figure out like how it fit into this particular offseason where you've got a lot of people that kind of swung back the other way and now hate hype and don't want to talk about hype at all. They, uh, it, it's to the point where they prove it on the field, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was kind of thinking about that, but I wasn't quite sure how that would fit into this particular offseason. It's amazing how hype is one of those things that even like I agree with you completely. Like there are people who hate it so much now. They're like, this is, it's the worst. It's, you know, enough hype, prove it on the field, which is part of why I wanted to take it because it will continue to live on. Even in like, even if we don't even talk about, like we could just choose not to talk about the season and someone would still say it's been overhyped or not hyped enough or who knows. But hype is a, is a fickle fickle thing and a lot of people have their own opinions on it i think had we had spring football it would have been a safe assumption to to say that pretty much every story we would have written every single day there would be at least one comment that says i'm tired of talk prove it on the field okay my first round pick at number four is the phrases matt lubick and organization or some variant of the word organize used in the same sentence I have no idea what this means. I have no idea what the talk of Matt Lubick has made us so much more organized. I don't know what that actually means from a football standpoint. We, they talked about it. I mean, how many times was was organization talked about in that, that first press conference that Frost gave on like March 9th to open spring ball? I think, I mean, four times, maybe three or four times, like a good deal. I feel like I don't actually know how that translates to a Saturday. I think I can, I, I have somewhat of an idea of what it means in practice, but I have no idea what that means for a, a football Saturday. Does anybody here know or think they know what Matt Lubick's organizational aptitude can do for Nebraska on a game day? Can I make a motion that uh, instead of organization, we just make sure it's Oregon? <laughs> of the offense because i think that's what it's going to be it's going to be like well either offense is better or it's not maybe it runs a little bit faster maybe it looks more like oregon um and 
speaking of hype, it'll kind of be like, yeah, we know, we'll know it when we see it. If if they look better on the field, then clearly it's uh, the hand of Matt Lubick coming in and organizing this offense. That was incredible. Well done. I accept that. Um, and I actually, Derek, this is the first time we've had this and I'm shocked it happened so early. I actually had that written down. What? <laughs> yeah. Because I do feel like we heard that a lot in that first press conference um, or roundtable. So I, I definitely thought to mention that one. Uh, but I definitely think it's a good pick. Like, I want to know if, and maybe it's both. Maybe it's maybe it's some combination of a lot of things. I want to know if we're we're supposed to expect maybe fewer procedural penalties guys are guys know where to line up guys know how to line up properly guys are kind of in their spots and where they're supposed to be at all times or if like that means you know they're able to get a practice that's fully maximized and and gets everybody that would get a rep or everybody that would get x number of reps in a practice make sure that everybody gets those reps because you're not I don't know, like going back through and trying to fix a mistake or tweaking something here or there. Like, is it is it procedural stuff like that? I'm, I'd be really curious, uh, but obviously we have to wait um, to see that. Brandon, because we're doing a snake draft, you have uh, back-to-back picks. So you have numbers five and six. Would you like to start with five? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I will. So the, the fifth pick of the Fantasy Things draft I am going with the, the narrative will emerge that among power five schools, Nebraska was one of them hurt the most by not having a spring. Uh, that's kind of a two part, two part uh, thought process there. One there's, there's the spring practice thing, which personally I don't put a, a ton of weight in though. I know that's just, just personally Nebraska got two in, which, you know, isn't much different than having none. Uh, but more than the majority of the Big Ten got in. Uh, so that'll be part of it. The second part of it, I think, is, is kind of tied to recruiting, and I do think there's, there's something to this. Uh, Nebraska has a legitimate spring game. It's a legitimate event. It's, a, you know, it's got some drawing power. Not being able to have that um, might legitimately hurt Nebraska, but that's, that's going to come out at a point where you know, football's a full go, full go, and at some point we have to assess "quote unquote" winners and losers. If it's kind of ludicrous that even that kind of idea exists in this, but it'll happen eventually. Um, so that's my number five. Okay. Okay. No thoughts again. Number six for you. Number six. Um, wacky workout regimens. This is one hundred percent going to be a question when we uh, get back to. <laughs> having players to ask questions to. So um, we're definitely going to get a ton of, no, maybe not a ton. We're going to get a handful of stories about like, so so what did you do? How did you uh, stay on track? Did you do the workouts? What did you use to do them? There's going to be a story about a walk-on from central Nebraska throwing hay bales around. Um, so mark it down. Wacky workout. Yeah, regimen. no, that's happening 100%. But somebody's going to for sure there's going to be some some farm workout story. That's a yep. that's a a number one overall pick value at number six in the second round. That's uh that's really good. I'm kind of mad that I didn't think of that now because you're right. That's absolutely going to happen. And and the story of the walk on uh, out in in rural God's country doing you know 
throwing things over his shoulder, that's going to happen. Farm Farmstrong's undefeated, so Nebraska won a lot of national. You know, titles what, you know what though? You're also going to get as a result of this is the like. Maybe I shouldn't say it because maybe I want to draft it. Okay, don't say it then. Wait, because you'll you'll be up right after me. So you're almost there if you want to hold it, hold on to it, and draft it. Um, I like that. What's going on now is bleeding over into this. Even though we said, you know, we're operating under the assumption that that football is going to be played as normal, because my second pick also um, has a little bit to do with kind of what's going on now. My second pick is shots in a broadcast of Scott Frost standing on the sideline, touching his face. This is either wiping his forehead, hand over his mouth, face in his palm. Scott Frost touching his face on the sideline because his team has done something stupid on the field. That's my my second round pick. And I say that because, you know, even if it's just the first three games of the season, even if it's just the first game of the season, non-conference, like Nebraska is going to be rusty. Um, Brandon, you have said this multiple times that, Kind of the volatility of this season because of everything that's going on right now is maybe going to be a little bit higher than it has been in in recent memory. Um, it's going to be hard to predict, and I think in a way it's also going to be kind of ugly early on. Um, I think you're going to have procedural stuff. I think you're going to have guys who maybe aren't in as good a shape as they would normally be or, or guys who aren't able to make the plays that they would normally be able to make at the at, at that specific time of year and i think it's going to be uh not as pretty looking football as it could be given the circumstances and i think we're going to get a lot of shots of scott frost kind of face palming that's my second okay thing. but here's the question i have for you derek that's that's great, but like, how many of those photos end up running and getting completely obliterated on Twitter because of he's touching his face amid a pandemic? One, I'll still get points. And two, we're talking about five months from now. So as long as he wears gloves and doesn't touch other people, I'll be fine. Just wear gloves. Wear gloves, Scott Frost. I was just picturing the... Aaron, I think you tweeted this out during the Northwestern game, either last year or the year before. Of Scott Frost, like, smacking his forehead. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. All right, Aaron, you're the next pick. All right, well, I still have my idea from what Brandon said, but I'm going to hold on to it a little bit longer. I'm going to take this one because it's right up your alley, Derek. I'm just going to take the schedule discussion. Is the schedule too hard? Is Is it Nebraska? Is it the schedule? Who's picking the schedule for Nebraska? Scott Frost, is he going to talk about the schedule? What about the 2021 schedule? And... Hey, the schedule could go a number of ways, but I know you hate the schedule talk, but let's let's just put it on the board. It's gonna get talked about. So I'm taking the schedule. Good pick. Can't wait for Frost to talk to talk about it. Yeah, it it kind of has to be picked um, because it it definitely is going to be talked about. The next year's schedule will be talked about. Um, but I would I hesitate to speak for everyone, but I always I think we might be on the same page that if Nebraska is good, um, there would be less schedule talk. But maybe there even st- they would still be it because then it would be like, oh, look how they're navigating this tough schedule, and even though they're good, um, so yeah, that's a good pick. Do you I'm guys? Gonna- agree with my stance on schedule talk or am I kind of alone here to, to clear no, I, yeah what's the state the stance just for for all the listeners yeah okay. because people didn't read what you said it was in the mailbag for people who want to go back and read it go read this week's mailbag because Derek has 
that's his full opinion, but state it here as well in case people it, don't want to do the extra click. It's apparently a hill that, that I am going to die on, apparently. But I think that talking about the the difficulty of Nebraska's schedule or joking about who did Nebraska upset to get the schedule, I think it's completely unwarranted for Nebraska right now because two reasons. One, this was what you signed up for when you joined the Big Ten. You you signed up for basically giving up those freebies against Kansas and Texas Tech and for a long time Baylor. Like, yes, Rutgers isn't any good, but right now in the Big Ten, there are really good teams up and down the conference. Illinois is not easy to beat. So, so that's number one. Number two, the only reason it seems like the schedule is difficult right now or overly difficult or unnecessarily difficult is because Nebraska is not beating the teams that it, on its name recognition, quote unquote, should beat. Nebraska is struggling with the Northwesterns and the Purdue's. So that's why it seems like the schedule is a lot tougher than it is because the tough games on the schedule are extra tough because they've already been playing tough games that they shouldn't be playing. I think when Nebraska, to Greg's point, when Nebraska's beating Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota to a lesser degree, consistently in in a manner that isn't producing grinded out games year after year after year, then the schedule talk will die down. I, if I could just interject one thing, though, too, I think a little bit of what happened with this whole thing with the schedule talk where I think I've noticed it became more so than normal is I'm looking at the past schedules really quick. What was the one year that wasn't it 2018? So Frost first year, there was one season that was really difficult from a um, just the general, like it was the year they played at Oregon. That was at the last season of Riley's. I just remember there's a back-to-back year where one was like, the schedule was pretty difficult, like just from an outsider's perspective. It was like, yeah, this, this is a pretty tough schedule. Um, and then the next year, it was like, this is a pretty winnable schedule. And then Nebraska, I'm pretty sure it was that 2017 followed by 2018 because then Nebraska wasn't like significantly better. And so I think people got themselves stuck on this idea that like the schedule dictates so much of like what happens. And schedules, I mean, schedules can be tough. There's nothing wrong with having a tough schedule if you can handle it. But I think part of that was like, I think this kind of started a few years ago where people went down this path of like, this this year should be the year because this, this season is winnable. And I think that was almost like the dangerous mindset at the time because it's like, what made it winnable? Yeah, I would say for me, Derek, your first reason feels a little like, not, not totally, but a little bit like a false choice because I don't know that there's much choice to be made if you're presented with be in the Big Ten or be in the Big 12. Like, yes, you made the choice. So technically you signed up for it, but like <laughs> the economic incentives at that time, plus for Nebraska, like a lot of it was tied up with Texas and it's kind of domineering nature over the Big 12. Um, like <laughs> it's, it would be really hard to be like, well, we're going to stay in the Big 12 because we think we have a better chance at winning a conference title eventually. Um, Texas a and is an even better example. Like, their odds went way down when choosing to go to the SEC. But all of the other benefits were so apparent that it's like, well, yeah, you go. Like, you go to the SEC. That's what that's what you do. And I guess same thing for Missouri. So this could then kind of 
morph itself into an entirely different conversation. But let's say Nebraska wins the 2009 Big 12 championship game. That second isn't put back on the clock. Nebraska wins the game. Nebraska has that that Big 12 championship, and then they're going into 20, 2010. Let's say Nebraska wins that Big 12 championship as well. At that point, like, would it be more beneficial for you as an athletic program to just stay in the Big 12 as opposed to jumping ship to a new conference, understanding that that conference has probably a little bit more pedigree behind it, a little bit more weight behind its name? But if you're winning championships in the conference that you're in like if uh, this is such an interesting discussion i think because if you look back at the last 10 years like the big 12 is kind of course corrected a little bit and if Mm -hmm. nebraska was still in that conference and nebraska was winning conference championships instead of oklahoma is there any anything that would suggest that nebraska wouldn't be getting into the college football playoff just because of the conference are you eliminating the idea that nebraska like so I think the one piece of all of this that's sometimes hard to remember in hindsight, and like we actually talked about this a little bit this week there between in a message between you, me, and Brandon, but like Nebraska did not completely like Nebraska didn't just leave the Big Twelve because it wasn't winning big, it wasn't winning titles. If that was the case, like I think like to remember that period in time, it was like the belief system was the Big Twelve was going to dissolve any moment. Like right. that the, the, the super conferences were going to take over and that the one conference that was going to get picked apart was the big 12. And so I remember it was like, what, Texas was going to head for the Pac-12. Um, you had a number of people like looking at the SEC, who was going to go to the big 10, who was going to end up here. And the teams that the teams that didn't want to get left behind were starting to look. And so um, I, Maybe Nebraska could have stayed and stuck it out if they were winning a lot, but I think a lot of the uncertainty in that conference at the time is what ultimately pushed Nebraska out the door. So even I, if they were winning all the time, I still think that uncertainty would have potentially still been enough for them to say, yeah, it's been great running this conference, we're out. So the counter to that then is why did other teams stay? Like. Uh, yeah, probably OU, OU didn't want to go to the Pac-12, and if it couldn't get Oklahoma State into the Big Ten, then it wasn't going to go to the Big Ten. But, like, Oklahoma and Texas stayed in the Big 12. Like, I wonder, I do wonder if the whole, the Big 12 was cratering and it was about to cease to exist, was maybe doomsday thinking or doomsday planning akin to, like, when people thought the world was going to end in 2012 and we made this big, massive movie about it. Like, I wonder if that has anything to do with with that thinking because yeah nebraska left and yeah nebraska thought that the big 12 was going to crater but it didn't and i mean it's not it's not a better league from a football standpoint than the big 10 is but the big 12 keeps putting the team in the college football playoff but i I also think that that there's two considerations in this as well it pairs it plays off of the whole like hey we thought the big 12 was going to implode um, what's directly tied to that is the money that you were you knew that you'd end up making in the Big Ten. And then there's also the academic side of it. It is not necessarily related to the football portion of it, um, but that was a huge deal as well. And Nebraska has done all sorts of things academically based on now being in the Big Ten, even though in a lot of programs they're behind all of these other Big Ten schools because their programs are so good. But that was a huge consideration um, as well. Yeah, not to give away what I'm working on, but in talking to people 
um, about that specific thing. Like people have said that that was a, a huge, huge, huge motivating factor for them. It was kind of the academic collaboration amongst the schools in the Big Ten. And just Nebraska felt like it was a Big Ten institution in terms of its the educational side. Um, okay, so Aaron took schedule discussions, trying to steer us back to the draft. Aaron took schedule discussions with her second-round pick. Jacob, you are up with your second-round pick. I'm going to go with another one that will last throughout the season and can uh, kind of give me some upside just in terms of being referenced in def- different ways. And my uh, second pick is depth chart. So with that, I'm getting the depth chart release and the sub- subsequent discussion every Monday during the season. I'm getting the speculation during um, the off season here, and that'll only ramp up um, considering we don't even get the spring to see kind of how that depth chart starts to shake out. So people are going to be even more um, curious about who's starting where and um, how the new guys impact it and all that kind of stuff. Then you've got guys like Travis Fisher who hate uh, the term depth chart and will be in a bad mood anytime you try to ask him about where guys are on his depth chart. So I feel like I got some versatility with this pick and, and it's one that will last throughout the season. I was really, that's a good pick, Jacob. I was really hoping you would go with fast people just to pair with tall people. Um, and yeah, that's that's really my only comment. Yeah. I, I thought about going short people as well, just to kind of take Wondell Robinson off the board. Um, but uh, I wanted to kind of get more, uh, kind of diversify with my picks here and get a bigger spread. So then you would be monopolizing people. You'd have Pretty tall and, and you'd have short. <laughs> Yeah, there's like average sized people like me. I'm like, I'm six one or so. There, there are a lot of those people on the team, right? Fair. Although I think taking depth charts so that you can get like the weekly depth chart release is a little uh, skeevy, but whatever. Greg, you have back to back picks next. You're the, the, the final pick of the second round and the first pick of the third round. Um, Brandon suggested you start with the final pick of the second round first. <laughs> I will follow Brandon's suggestions. It usually leads me to the correct path. Um, I will go with alcohol sales as the final pick. Uh, um, it's something that's already being talked about. It's constantly like kind of talked about anyway. Um, as it, Nebraska will not be, it, it, well, we predict that Nebraska will not be or project that Nebraska will not be as impacted as some other schools financially um, by the whole COVID-19 situation, but it's still going to come up. Um, anytime, I'm, I've been asked about this actually quite a bit here recently, um, as Moose has kind of made some comments about it um, and that people believe that this is going to be his way to kind of make this happen. Um, I, I think that there is a way to kind of dip your toe into it to say, hey, here's a benefit for you guys at the club and suite level. Um, and you guys will be kind of the test pilot to be able to have it before we widen it out to the entire stadium. Um, that's just my idea for you, Bill Moose, if you're listening. Um, and then, I, but I think that it's going to continue to be talked about for Nebraska throughout the season as well. And then as well for around college football in general. So I think that that should be a, a solid value pick at this stage of the game. That was on my list too. So we uh, we crossed over twice. Alcohol sales is a good one. That's because it's gonna. You're right. It's gonna come up a lot. Uh, I mean, we've already seen it talked about a lot. I like. How, what's the number of Big Ten schools that already allow alcohol sales in stadiums? 
it's it's more than a majority of the conference, I think. Um, so but it's I, I I would say it's safe to say that it's coming for Nebraska. It's just a matter of when. So that's a good pick. Your first pick of the third round. Now, this one is tough because I have a couple of different ways that I want to go because I have one that I definitely want to get in, but I'm going to take the chance like Aaron and hold on to it. Uh, and I'm going to go with captain's talk uh, as the first pick of this round. Um, it, it's a safe pick. It's something that always comes up um, every single year. It's something that's talked about ad nauseum. I think it was talked about a lot last year as kind of a reason that the team struggled is that you had so many young captains uh, on the team. And then you had um, a guy in Darian Daniels who had not been here for very long, end up being a captain. Uh, so I think captain talk will end up being a thing that we talk about during the offseason and when it's announced, and then it'll still come up um, during the season as well. Who who, are you, who would you uh, predict to be the captains, Greg? Putting you on the spot since you picked the topic. Boy, um, I would go Adrian being a captain again. Jeez, um, putting me on the spot. Which lineman? Uh, Farniak. Farniak. Would be one that's too. I would say, I, oh boy, it's tough. I'm gonna go on a. I think Ben Stilley has a team. Yeah, yeah, Ben Stilley. I was trying to go one more offense before I went defense, but Ben Stilley is one. Um, I think Wandale has a chance, and then maybe Boodle. If you go five, oh, it'd be four. It, two, so you yeah, gotta cut two on each side of the ball, right? Um, the cut, um, then I'm cutting Wandale and having it be Farniak, Martinez, Stilly, and Poodle. I hope we have a news aggregator listening to this. Greg Smith says Nebraska's cutting Wandale Robinson. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Breaking news. Okay. Jacob, your third round pick. So, um, I, I'm wondering if this guy is going to be on Derek's list. So I'm going to go player specific here and take him, uh, in case he is, since he already wrote about the guy. Um, I'm going to take Cam Taylor Britt and his role on this team. Um, last year he was kind of forced into safety, played a little bit nickel early in the season. Um, now Nebraska's got its safeties back. It's got... Uh, as cornerback spot to fill, does he slide right in there? Do they play a lot more nickel with a cornerback out there instead of uh, JoJo Doman playing all those snaps? There are a lot of different ways that Nebraska could play this year, and Taylor Britt is kind of the guy I think that fans are going to be really interested to figure out kind of how is this guy going to use. He's a really engaging player, um, kind of a fan favorite type of guy. So I feel like he, we're going to get a, a lot of mileage out of Cam Taylor Britt and the role he's going to play on this team. He is not on my list. That's a good okay. pick. Darn. Oh, I'm sorry that you, you wanted him to be on my list. That's a good pick. Anybody have thoughts on Cam Taylor Britt and or Cam Taylor Britt's role? I think that he'll be a guy that we're talking about a whole lot um, as we get through this season. It's potentially Nebraska's best defensive player. Um, it's, and he Because he fits in, in so many different ways, and he can be a guy that doesn't come off the field but plays a lot of different positions, um, and he he's just so easy. Like you just have these guys where they're just so easy for the fans to rally behind, um, and he definitely fits that. So I, I think that he'll be a guy that's talked about a ton this year. Dark horse, dark horse captain candidate too. That, I wouldn't put him yeah. ahead of either of the guys that Greg had, 
But if I were putting my own money down on it, I would like the odds that Cam Taylor Britt offered me. I, I was thinking that as well as he was kind of going through that discussion because uh, you got Decap as kind of the, the senior in that room, the most experienced guy. But I think uh, Cam's kind of personality lends itself more towards that leadership, that uh, that captainship role. Um, so I, if if he doesn't, if he can't beat out upperclassmen this year, um, I'd bet in the future we'd see him in that role at some point. It's funny that you say if he can't beat out upperclassmen because, like, one of the things that I always forget with Cam, he's already a junior. This is already his <laughs> junior season that he's about to start playing. It feels like he was was just being recruited. Like, and now he's already a junior. Aaron, your third-round pick, what do you got? Well, I got really nervous because Jacob said he was going to pick a player specific, and I was like, oh, he's going to take mine, and somehow he didn't. So thank you, Jacob. Um, I'm going to take J.D. Spielman uh, because he's going to get talked about no matter what happens. It's going to be right now, will he return? If he doesn't return, what does that mean? What is the impact without him? If Nebraska loses games, it's going to be, could J.D. have made a significant difference that Nebraska needed. No matter what happens, whether JD comes back or not, his name is going to be mentioned so many times during the season in context of what happens. And for that reason, I'm taking JD Spillman. Does everybody else agree with that? Or do you see that more as kind of uh, a high upside pick that could potentially peter out as the season kind of goes on if he doesn't return? They need to, for that storyline to go away in my mind, they need to be playing well on offense. Like, I don't even know if it's if they have to win necessarily. They just have to be good on offense and have better wide receiver play. But I I, I just don't see it. But what happens then is people will say, that's great. They're good. So they didn't need J.D. Spielman. His name is going to continue to come up. So I agree with you. In that case, if, if it ends up being the offense is great, Omar Manning is perfect. Lionel Robinson is doing everything they need him. Running backs are great. Wide receivers are great. Adrian Martinez is making every pass and every run he's supposed to. They're going to still then say, well, then guess they never needed J.D. Spielman. Okay, so just, just for clarification, just for clarification, your pick is anytime J.D. Spielman's name is used. Yeah, just the fact okay. that he's going to get talked about. That's fair. I, I do feel like, though, to Greg's point, that we might get to a point in the season where people are like, yeah, uh, he's not on our if, – if he's not in the picture. I should preface that with if he's not in the picture. I feel like we could get to a point in the season where people say, oh, he's not on the team. He's not, you know, not in our thoughts anymore. We're, we're not. We've moved on. It's time to move on. You know, in the same way that, that people do that with, with high-profile recruits when they commit elsewhere, it's like instantly just washing your hands of the thing and saying, okay, time to move on. Next person. I feel like we might – be able to get to that point if he's not in the fold moving forward but i'm not confident in that so that in the third round that's a good pick yeah that's what i was wondering just kind of which way if people would stay stuck on it or if they'd "Ah, forget him we're moving on we're not going to even think about him anymore out of sight out of mind type of thing well i will say for the people who are out of sight out of mind because a lot of those same people are like i agree with you guys 100 percent. i really do because i think there will be people if he doesn't come back they're like well i'm done with him but how many people said, I'm done with Bookie Radley Hiles. I'm never going to speak of him again. He is the worst. And yet somehow his name continues to come up quite a bit in certain circles in Nebraska fans. Not so much today, but they, it did for a while. So I feel confident. I feel confident <laughs> in the grudges 
that Nebraska people can hold. <laughs> I, I guess Aaron's exposed more to the random fan on social media than I am because I haven't really actually seen a, a ton of references to Buki over the last couple of years. Oh man, Don't. there's there's still a, a quality amount, and there's other ones too. Like um, Mike Parsons is one that comes up still quite a bit. Um, if Oklahoma does anything and like Buki like doesn't do something, like Nebraska fans are like, oh, good thing we didn't get him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Parsons at least is in the conference still, so I, like that that one definitely makes sense to me. Oh, when uh-huh. when Buki had that pass interference penalty at the end of the LSU game, or. I don't think it was the end. I think it was the beginning, actually. Um, the LSU game in the playoff, like, Buki was all over Nebraska Twitter. Um, okay, my my third-round pick rests on a couple of assumptions that I'm comfortable making. So my my third-round pick, has Adrian Martinez lost some weight? That's, um, I mean, that's solid. So I feel like last year people were really fixated on Adrian Martinez's weight. And oh, yes. how big he had gotten and talking about that in relation to his decision making or his willingness to run. I think it was I think it morphed into this conversation of like and and to be completely transparent, I was guilty of this, too, at one point in the season. I was like, I wonder if they put too much weight on him. I think this morphed into a conversation of like he's lost some of his explosiveness. He's not willing to run as much. He bulked he up a little did. bit so he that he could. Run. Yeah, he bulked so up so that he could, you know, insulate himself a little bit more from injury. I wonder if this season, given everything that's kind of going on, if he slims down a little bit, whether that be by accident or by plan, I don't really care. He slims down a little bit. I fully expect Adrian to have a bounce back year. I don't think that we're going to continue to have quarterback controversy into the season. I fully expect him to be better this upcoming season than he was last season. And with that, I think we'll bring conversations about he looks in better shape or man, there's that that athleticism or that burst that we saw as a freshman that we didn't see last year. And I think it's going to be one of those things where people are like, has he lost weight? I think it's going to happen. That's a really good pick. Just kind of the, the overall weight discussion. It, it was all season long last year. Already started. Like, I think in those first couple of videos that they put out, um, in like that first practice or two, people were saying that they thought that he looked more slim. Um, so I think that, I think that's a solid, solid pick, especially for this point, uh, where we are in the draft, I think that that will be a talking point. I just have to say as a woman covering sports, um, and not being like one of the only ones covering Nebraska in general, I always have to remind people of this and I'm not talking about you guys just in general. So some of the comments about Adrian's body last year were so wildly like just inappropriate in some ways um so i always just remind people it would make you uncomfortable if i was talking about a man's body like that don't talk about it like that yourself and because it's the same thing as like it there's just ways that like people shouldn't talk about other people's bodies and like it's just i i think there's a difference between talking about somebody and i i think this is kind of what got to me so much in that discussion last year with adrian's body was that people felt like it was like, there's a difference between being like, oh yeah, they look like they put on some muscle or whatever. Like, I, I don't know what, what like where you draw the line, 
but there were times where it almost got like to a, like a body dysmorphia conversation where it's like, what are you getting at? And like, what are you potentially like, what harm are you putting into other people's minds by talking about what is and isn't normal in a certain body type? Like, I'm just going to say for all the people who are so worried about if he was too big or too small, which I agree with you, I think is going to continue this year. Like, don't you think that like Duvall is having this convo? Should we leave it to the guy who should be handling this? It just weirded me out so many times last year. So I can't wait to be continued to be weirded out. Brandon, your third round pick, what you got? Um, nothing too exciting. Uh, this is uh, a, a pretty safe pick, but uh, sellout streak. Uh, it's a so we know from the most the most I've had recent, that one. <laughs> from the most recent mailbag. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that like uh, this isn't an issue. Like either we can play football and there are no fans, at which point there are no tickets to sell. So streak is basically on hiatus. Um, however many tickets you might make available, if they're limited, Nebraska fans will snap them up. It's like, so it's not a matter of it ending. It's, I mean, I, I guess the, the biggest danger to it ending potentially is, okay, um, things are a little bit in a gray area, which seems inevitable, but we're just going to open the stadium up. And if you want to come, you can come. I still think that place fills up, um, even if some people are a little bit skittish about it. But uh, no matter what, it's going to get mentioned. Well, it gets mentioned every game anyway, but there's going to have to be this kind of explanation, like everything requires a disclaimer in this current moment, where it's like, you know, Nebraska's had every game sold out, home game sold out since 1962. Uh, they're only allowing 40,000 people in, but all 40,000 tickets are sold. So this is officially sellout number, whatever number we're at. So that's my uh, that's my pick for this round. That was my fourth round pick. And I had gone back and forth on whether or not I could hold the Adrian Martinez one for the fourth round and have that one sooner. And I clearly made the wrong decision. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got I've got the back to back voting block. Um, so I guess I could I, I should have held it for another round just to make you feel like it was even closer to happening for you guys. But what is your 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 next pick? We are now to the fourth round, the first pick of the fourth round. What you got? Yeah, so this is a um, not a very long shelf life pick, but I'm basically going to take it now and you know wring as much as I can out of the the rookie contract, and then allow somebody else to overpay for it in the in the actual season. Um, at least that's how it how it works in my mind. But uh, what did you watch during quarantine? Questions. Um, Every player and coach is going to get that. They're already getting that if you can uh, get access to them. So, so that'll be a you know a maybe two three week thing. And if somebody has like a really bizarre pick, maybe it works its way into a in season broadcast where like it's like Garrett Nelson didn't watch Tiger King. In fact, he's never seen it. He uh, he got really into Downton Abbey during his time away. Um, so. That's that's my one there. It's it's got a short shelf life, but it feels like a virtual lock for me uh, to get to produce some big numbers early on. I think we need a new series watching Downton Abbey with Garrett Nelson. I can't imagine that that's a show that he would be able to sit through more than fifteen seconds of. <laughs> I'd be in for that series. <laughs> oh man! So, like I said, my fourth round pick was basically uh, the sellout, but not like not individually the sellout mine was a broadcast either references nebraska's sellout streak or 
shows footage containing Tom Osborne in some way, shape, or form. I think it's it's hilarious that pretty much every Nebraska broadcast uh, features like a look back at the 1990s Nebraska teams or like the 1980s Nebraska teams um, because it's it's like perfect in juxtaposition with the the stereotype that Nebraska fans are living in the past. I just think it's great. So mine was just uh, a reference to the sellout streak or a reference to the 1990s Huskers. Okay. Aaron, your fourth round pick. Oh, all right. I'm going to take the defensive line and what it's going to look like. Um, I think after this last year, losing both Carlos and Khalil and then Darian, there's going to be a lot of discussion around what the, um, you know, what the starting lineup looks like, who are the guys right behind. Um, I would have imagined if there would have been a spring game, it would have, we would have gotten a little bit of clarity by looking at who's on the red team versus the white team. But since we didn't get to see that, I think it's only going to elevate that discussion more, especially through the summer into fall about, you know, who steps up into those roles, who kind of becomes the guy. And like, maybe there's some new faces that were unexpected uh, kind of going back to the uh, captain talk, like could Ben Stilly be a major factor potentially so I'm going to take a broad sense of the defensive line, but I think we're going to have a lot of discussion around it because that was the first first and only day of spring practice we got. That was one that Shenander was asked about was the defensive line. Obviously, QOD talked about it quite a bit um, because it's his position group. Um, but, like, Shenander had to kind of talk about those things quite a bit, too, because people want answers. Like, what what is it like to lose those guys? And uh, knowing their answer was basically, like, you know, those guys are great, but like essentially they believe that they have some pretty talented guys. I think that's going to be, it's going to be a big talking point um, throughout. Now I think it might die down going into the season once they kind of get things settled, unless there's some uncertainty. So, you know, I could have some, I could have some longevity there, but I think early on there will be a lot of talk regardless. I actually think you'll have longevity with that because either way people will be talking about that in the season um, because either they are struggling to get by and they, they need to really step it up um, and ooh, look at everything that they lost and it's just being it's just tough on them to make it this season or oh man they recruited their guys and so here they are doing a lot better and Tony Tuyoti is a really good coach um, so I think that either way you're, you should still get some talk about that in the season and then guys like yeah and then guys like Ty Robinson and Keem Green where they're going to be talked about whether they're playing or whether they're not. So if those yep. guys aren't in the top three, then fans are going to be asking, but where are these guys? And, um, and what do they need to, and pe- uh, reporters will be asking, what do they need to do to get in the mix and all that, or they'll be playing. And then obviously people will be talking about them and hopefully producing. But um, I think th- those guys in particular are guys that fans are really interested about. So could give you um, some good value there, regardless of how it plays out. Yeah. I like the defensive line. We'll see. We'll see if we we'll see if we like them for other reasons than just my value add here. <laughs> there's there's a little bit of of crossover there because Jacob has tall people and the defensive line is tall people, but we'll allow it. Jacob, what is your fourth round pick? Yeah, I'll allow because I wasn't. Uh, I was focusing more on the the offensive line and and the pass catchers or whatever in that. I didn't mention specifically a guy like Ty Robinson, but uh, the super tall people Joe. is what you were talking about. Yeah, mostly like. 
over six six four and above mostly. He was talking um, about the ones that if Hoiberg needs additional basketball players, he can't <laughs> call on them again. Brant Banks. Yeah, and he's on the offensive line, not defensive. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll, with this pick, I'll go with this one and um, just the, the phrase culture and buy-in um, because obviously that's something that has been a huge talking point throughout um, last couple of years. And I hope this year we don't hear it reference negatively anymore. I don't want to hear about guys that aren't bought in um, or that kind of thing. Like if that's still happening in this year, then it's on the coaches and not the players, I would think. Um, but if, if that does, then I'll get some value there. Or if, if everything is going well, um, then I think that that'll be, you'll hear that reference a lot. If they do start winning games, you'll hear that, that culture and how, how much the guys bought in, um, to, to what they were asking to do and all that kind of stuff. So, um, culture and buy-in just kind of those buzzwords, I think are going to continue to give me some value. I, I would predict if, if we're still talking about that during the season, because the coaching staff is still bringing it up, that fans are going to be like loudly upset about that like i think that people have re i think that it's not just you that reached the limit of that like i think fans have reached the end point of wanting to hear about that anymore my question is can frost help it can he stop from referencing that maybe not if he really thinks if he truly believes that that that's what illed nebraska when he got here then maybe not unless of course they're winning and then you're not talking about it, but maybe, so maybe not. All right, Greg, we are at your fourth round pick and you also have a fifth round pick to give us. So start with four. Yeah. Um, my fourth, I think I, I have to have a recruiting related one here. Like I think that you would yell at me after this, if I don't have something uh, recruiting related. So Thomas Padoni, what happens with him and his commitment um, it's something that we already are getting value out of because it's something that I feel like I talk about weekly. Um, and then once we get to visits happening again, hopefully later this summer, um, when he starts to set more visits and he goes to visit Notre Dame and Michigan to see them for the first time, that'll be talked about when he then eventually sets official visits. Um, that will be something that gets talked about. And then, of course, when he commits. Um, that we talked about quite a bit and it, for a number of reasons, because even if we say it's Nebraska um, that ends up being the pick, that will still continue to get mileage because he's the number one tight end in the entire country. He's a top 40 player. You got him over Iowa um, with him being from Iowa, among other schools, with them being a tight end factory right now. So then that will come back up again during the signing period um, in the all-star game um, situations as well, because he's in the U.S. game. Um, I think that Thomas Bedoni and what's happening with his recruitment um, will, will be a huge talking point. What's your fifth round? Uh, my fifth round uh, is one that I can't believe is actually still here, um, and that's Wandale Robinson. Um, I, I think that this year we'll talk about Wandale as someone who is not just one of the best players in the Big Ten, but one of the best players in the country, um, because provided he stays healthy, um, he's going to be making plays every week. If we kind of go along the thought process um, that you started, Derek, and I kind of did with why I don't think the quarterback battle will be a thing when we get to the season, is that Adrian Martinez has a bounce-back season. 
Um, one of the people that he's going to be getting the football to is Rondale Robinson. The way that he plays just naturally leads himself to explosive plays um, and stuff that's easily shareable and talked about. So I think that for a lot of different reasons, I think that Wandale Robinson is a guy that if we talk about Cam Taylor Britt as the breakout candidate on defense, that I think that Wandale is that and more on offense. It's funny the ties between uh, Cam and, and Wandale, and, and I actually um, included that in the, the piece that I wrote about Cam. And I said, you know, we're everybody's so excited about Wandale for the way that he fits into this offense because of his versatility, his athleticism, his ability to kind of move around. Cam is that player on defense. It's really interesting uh, that the two of those guys are kind of linked and, and both could be captains. I think Cam is a sneaky pick as a captain, like Brandon said. Um, but also, I think I think Wando has a really good shot. Like, Wando's been talking basically since he stepped foot on campus, and there's not really another guy in the wide receiver room that, that would be that guy. Like, I think Wando has a a good shot too. I am surprised also that we made it to the fifth round before somebody mentioned Wando Robinson. But it's, it is also interesting. You mentioned about him talking since he came on campus. Like you keep, I always think about that thing where they announced the new facility and he was the guy up there with frost. Like, are we, are we selling him a little bit short on his potential captain um, potential because you got a quarterback and a veteran offensive lineman, but he's clearly one of the faces of the team absolutely yeah you're absolutely right he is and and i think about that kind of that decision to put him up there um on the stage as well i think that is pretty indicative of the way that they feel about him and his potential and uh, what he's going to mean to the program over the next two years probably (laughs) um jacob time for your fifth round pick what do you got uh, I'll I'll take the low hanging fruit here and go with kickers to round out uh, my draft. Obviously, you're going to have the kicker competition to start things off, and then whether the kickers do well or whether they struggle, people are going to notice and talk about it throughout the season. So if um, they kind of get off to some uh, slow start, whoever wins the job, it's going to be here we go again. Or if um, whoever wins it does well, it's going to be like. Wow, so this is what competent kicking look like, looks like. So I think I'm getting a lot of mileage out of uh, this kicker's pick, and I'm surprised it was still here. Kicker was on my short list, and I elected to go a different direction, but they're definitely going to talk about it a lot. Frost is going to make jokes about how, if it's good, Frost is going to make jokes about uh, how much better he's sleeping this season than he was a season ago because of the kicking situation. And if it's bad, he's going to make a joke every week about, uh, oh, kickers, you know, a mixed bag, like I say every week. Like, you're, you'll get mileage out of that for sure. All right, Aaron, your final pick, fifth round. All right, this is, I'm, I'm going to take it because this is based off of Brandon's um, the wacky workouts that people are going to get asked about and how there's going to be like the, the random like farm workout that's going to be like the talk in town. I'm going to take the heart of the walk on that it is going to come up as it does every year in some way that like, it's not just about walk-ons. It's about the heart that the walk-on has because no one has a heart like a walk-on. No one works out as hard as a walk-on. No one loves the game like a walk-on. No one understands Nebraska like a walk-on. There's a reason walk-ons are number one. So I'm taking the heart, heart of the walk-on specifically. I think that's a wonderful pick, and I'm not going to say anything else for fear of making people angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just... Dang. I'm going to get a lot of points from Twitter alone. 
Well, you get the bonus points from uh, Bill Moose, too, because he's sure to reference the walk-on program for any availabilities <laughs> he does. This is true. That's he true. Was, somehow, like, he'll be talking about booze in the stadium, giving points there, and how that's, like, somehow tied to the heart of the walk-on. You'll also get um, some traction because you'll have, maybe have a couple, when the couple of walk-ons come off of walk-on status and get scholarships, or, like, when Isaac Gifford gets his scholarship, like, you, you'll get some, some bonus stuff out of that, too, because they had so much heart that they got scholarships. Oh, and then, obviously, okay. Kate Warner will be talked about a lot. Okay. My fifth round pick is another one that's built on an assumption. So mine, mine is anytime somebody has a conversation, be it in the stands, a particular writer writing about this thing or somebody talking about it at a press conference, what would have happened if Nebraska let Diedrich Mills do this last year? I think that's going to be a thing that's going to get me a, a good deal of points. So this, this is built on the assumption that Nebraska runs it a lot which they've kind of been building towards and also built on the assumption that Diedrich Mills is going to be uh, good, continue to build off of what he did last season where he was a pretty effective runner going up the middle and somebody that, that Greg Austin felt like he could rely on, somebody that Ryan Held felt like he could rely on in a pinch. Um, if Diedrich Mills is a guy that they turn to regularly, I feel like we're going to get that conversation that crops up of why would Nebraska not just let him do this a year ago? Why did you know Nebraska have to put Wanda Robinson in the backfield or try to run Maurice Washington as much as they did? Just turn the keys over to, to Dedrick Mills and let him do in italics this. That's a good one. Some sort of run game based pick was, was on my big board, uh, just not near enough the top for me to take it. And I think it kind of goes... So if all of the time leading up to spring practice was spent doing this massive kind of reevaluation of everything they do and how they do it, like that has probably only gotten deeper since then because what else are you doing? And I think all roads there, plus the reorganization of the offensive staff with adding Greg Austin in as a run game coordinator, a role that didn't previously exist, at least technically or officially, I mean, um, I think all roads lead back to more running the football. For sure, especially as a way to maybe safeguard or protect Adrian a little bit in the beginning of the season or, or um, to, to sort of insulate yourself against, you know, not having chemistry, full-blown chemistry between quarterback and pass catchers yet. Uh, I could see them being a really heavy run-lean team early on in the season. Brandon, what is your fifth-round pick? You're going to close this out. Yeah, this is this is high pressure pick, Mister Irrelevant. It's got to you know, you're trying to get a guy who can contribute, um, but also have a little bit of fun. So after um, much deliberation amongst my staff, we are going with masks, masks on TV. I want to see coaches coaching in masks. Um, the visor plus a face mask is like the look of 2020. I predict I want to see sideline reporters reporting in masks. I want to see post-game press conferences where the entire press corps is wearing masks. I want to see percussionists drumming in masks. Um, and if fans are allowed in, of course, we'll have you know a smattering of fans. So every time a face mask is on TV this college football season, I'm, I'm uh, declaring that that's a point for me. That's, that's Tom Brady uh, in the sixth round level value. Well done. Thank you. It was uh, 
it came to me as we were talking through, and I tried to imagine a football season that we all hope will, in fact, happen. And uh, who knows what it looks like? But I think it looks like a lot of masks. Yeah, I, I agree. The uh, percussionists wearing masks while they drum away in the band section, I think, is um, potentially one of the greatest scenes that we could capture in 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 any college football season. I think you could frame it and hang it in the the Louvre. Um, would you guys like your teams read to you, and you guys can make your decisions on who has the best team? Absolutely. Okay, so Greg Smith has quarterback battles, alcohol sales, captain talk. Wandell Robinson, and Thomas Fedoni. Jacob has tall people, depth charts, Cam Taylor Britt's role, culture, and kickers. Aaron has hype, schedule discussions, J.D. Spielman, defensive line, and the heart of a walk-on. I have Matt Lubick and organization, Scott Frost touching his face. Has Adrian Martinez lost weight? Sellout streak references on telecasts, and Diedrich Mills should have been able to do this last season. Brandon has... Narrative about Nebraska being hurt most by spring ball being canceled. Wacky workout stories and questions. The sellout streak. What did you watch in quarantine questions and masks? Brandon's I think we can all team. agree that uh, Derek's is last. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, would just say, I think Greg's is pretty, is pretty solid. I don't know. I, it just really, like, I think everyone did a great job and everyone's a winner. And you all deserve ice cream with sprinkles. I could go for that right now. This is a beat that is not lacking in storylines. This is incredible that there was crossover on what three or four picks total. This is incredible. I'm gonna keep going. We didn't even get to Luke McCaffrey as wide receiver. We didn't get to roommate. I was wondering if you were gonna take that. I kind of, I wrote it I down about just it. as like. I wonder if I want to take this from Aaron, but. It's one of those ones where it's like, it, it'll either become like a hot top. There's going to be something. There's going to be something like that roommate that's going to come up a lot this year. And it's going to depend on, it's going to depend on like just some random broadcast that finds out a piece of information and then it just never, it never stops. Another one I thought of too, like you said, there's a ton of scary. There's a ton of topics. Like, Ireland is probably going to get brought up so many times. This Nebraska team is going to start a season in Ireland next year. I can't wait for that. And I, I'm, I'm dreading the inevitable discussions of uh, what, what's going to happen with that game amid all of this that we're kind of unfortunately heading towards. Thank you guys for doing this. I thought it was a fun exercise. I hope you didn't get burned out at the end. Everybody's team is, is stacked, I would say. And as Jacob uh, so politely pointed out my team sucks uh so thank you well we started by ganging up on you so i figured we might as well come full circle and close it out that way that's fair that's fair we will be back next week with another podcast in the meantime keep reading hailvarsity.com listen to the podcast leave us a review or a rating on itunes or spotify wherever you listen to your podcast listen to jay moore's new podcast the more to it podcast listen to the hail varsity radio show with chris schmidt there are a lot of ways that you can still consume hail varsity content right now and we're still putting out content even though sports are on a what we hope is uh, a, a temporary hiatus so greg jacob aaron brandon thank you for coming on thank you for humoring uh this wacky idea we will talk to everybody next week